Shadster. Hi. Hey, look at you over there. I'm over here. I know. We switched it up. We try it. God. What are we doing? It took us a good extra five minutes to set up for this show, right? Because we didn't know our left from our right anymore. It's okay. It's so weird. Apparently. And now you're going to have to look this way to look at me. It's so rough. (laughs) It's okay. Welcome, everybody. We got a. This is my good side. We got a special, special edition of the Candid Athletic Training Podcast. We're going to. We're going to try something new here. So a couple of weeks ago, somebody on social media, heaven forbid, you know, social media is a, a vehicle. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, we need to have a discussion about what it is like to be a mom as an athletic trainer. So we said, yeah, sure. We'll try it. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We've got a couple, we got a couple moms who are going to join us in just a minute and we're going to kind of talk to them about what it's like and Hopefully, if you're listening to the show and you're an athletic trained student or you were thinking about getting into the profession, this is going to be an opportunity for you to get a real feel for what it's like. So we're kind of excited. We're, we're going we're gonna to just try something a little bit different. We don't do a ton of interviews, so we'll see how this goes tonight, all right? Absolutely. So I love that you brought up the, the students because I think there's so much of this profession is so like driven by, oh, God, I love being here. I love being here. And then... There's this slow dwindle for a lot of professionals that, ah, maybe I need to get out of this profession. Well, we're hopefully going to give you some examples of people that have probably gone through that um, roller coaster of emotion of the profession, and let's see how it goes, okay? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what you're saying is you have an expectation and maybe you're not sure, you don't know what you don't know, and so hopefully here's an opportunity to learn what you don't know, and you can... Ask more questions. You said that so eloquently. I don't know. Spell eloquently. Nope. Not a chance. So uh, before we bring on our fantastic moms, let's just thank our, our sponsors real quick. So obviously we're going to start with Healthy Roster, the, the official sponsor of the show. Uh, if you are looking for a, a new EMR, you should definitely check them out at HealthyRoster.com. Um. They're just the best, so we we appreciate everything they do for us. So, thanks to Healthy Roster. Also, um, we've got um, Smart Tools that we've been working with. Uh, you can get ten percent off any BFR or any soft tissue, you know, scraping devices if that's what you want to call it. Uh, you can use the code Candid Ten. And then, lastly, thanks to Human Kinetics, twenty uh, percent off any continuing education course um, by using the code Candid CEU. So they've got online courses. They've got books if you prefer to read. Um, they got a lot of different things that they can do. So um, thanks to them. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to start the show. Do you have anything you want to? I got nothing. Let's bring on some very important guests. <laughs> okay. Let's bring on our friend Abby. Hi, Abby. Abby. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Hi, show. Um. Why don't you tell them, 
tell them, the listeners, the people, the people on the live stream and the people who will be listening later, um, who you are, tell them a little bit about your mom's situation, your kids, how many you have, how, what their names are. Tell uh, how long you've been in the profession and what setting you work in. Okay. Uh, my name is Abby Denon. Um, I've been an athletic trainer since 1995. I have three kids. This is Evelyn, my middle child. Victor. Hi, Evie. Victor. Evie and Victor. Get down, Victor. Victor's Hi, too tall. You're too tall, Victor. Yeah, Victor. She's 14. And then I have Charlie. She's 12, but she's taking a shower right now. <laughs> Whoa. Not safe for podcasting. I, uh, yeah, right. Well, it's for me, really. <laughs> um, so I've been uh, at a middle school since 2006. Um, when Victor was four months old, I switched from the high school level down to the middle school level so I could still be a traditional athletic trainer and uh, be a mom at the same time. Okay, great. Uh, all right, let's, let's see who's up next. Uh, on my docket, we have Jen. So, Jen yep. Kruger, yes. why don't you just introduce yourself and kind of go through the same spiel, who you are, uh, who your family is and then your setting and how long you've been in the profession. <laughs> so my name's Jen Kruger and uh, I have a 10 year old daughter that's like involved in everything. She's a girl scout. She plays softball and volleyball and basketball. Um, so I call myself a mom chauffeur. I'm like just driving around a lot of places in the evening. Um, I work at the university of Nebraska, Lincoln's uh, injury prevention and care in the campus rec center. Um, so we're a small, but mighty group. We have, uh, two full times in a GA, and then we have a staff of 30, uh, first aid students that help us. And we cover 33 sport clubs, a whole bunch of intramurals, and then just general population that comes into our rec. Um, and then I work on the side a little bit for a local orthopedic group. And then I'm involved in our state athletic training association. I'm the vice president. So all right. Hey, I yo. keep myself busy. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, lastly, let's bring we think, on. We think we're busy. I know. Let's bring on uh, Tanya. Tanya McKinney. Go ahead and let us know who you are. I'm Tanya McKinney. I am in uh, Abilene, Texas. I have one daughter. Um, she is 18. And she graduated high school last year. And um, I have been in athletic training for 27 years now. Um, Rock on. So, yeah. Um, so I, I work in the clinical setting. Um, and I transitioned um, to the clinic when um my daughter was born so 18 years ago um i decided to leave the traditional high high school setting um when she was born um my husband and i were both you know very busy he's not in any way shape or form invo involved in high school secondary um setting but he does have a job that is very demanding. Um, and we were living in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex area. And so 
our family was not, didn't have any family support to help out. So we had, you know, decided that, you know, 80 hour work weeks um, was not conducive to family life. So we uh, left, you know, left the traditional setting and moved back home um, to Abilene. And I uh, was able to get on at the clinic where I have been now for 18 years. Um, so I work with, um, work for an orthopedic while well, I worked specifically for an orthopedic, um, at his clinic and, um, then he, well, he works in an orthopedic group. I worked for that specific orthopedic. Um, and then I did outreach, um, also for a, a small, uh, 2A high school. And um, then uh, recently this year, or this last August, I transitioned into um, clinic manager. Um, and so I no longer work specifically for that doctor. I work for, you know, the whole clinic. But, um, and then since she graduated high school, I uh, have gone back to grad school since I wasn't busy enough you know, now that I'm not chasing my 18 year old nice. around. Um, so I went back to, I'm going back to grad school for healthcare management. And, um, so I'm doing office manager now and, uh, and working, still doing outreach, um, for it's a different, a different high school. Um, now I was with the same high school. I was with Holly high school for, 17 years and um, I'm now with uh, Merkel High School, which is a 3A high school because uh, we're working on trying to get full-time athletic trainers into um, with the co-op with our, our hospital now um, into these smaller schools. Love it. And so my high school that I was with um, was one of the high schools that we were able to put a full-time athletic trainer in. So that's been a great program that our, clinic has been able and our hospital has been able to start. Um, so in Texas, for me, I lost my high school, in, but, um, in Texas is the one a, is that the, the small schools or the big schools? The small. Okay. So, for, yeah, in Wisconsin, one a is like the big schools here. So yeah. it's, I always oh, yes, have to exactly. ask. Yeah. Yeah. We do division one, division two, division three, kind of, kind of like college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Six a is the ABCD. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got a, I got a, a real quick hit question for all of you and then we'll, Love it. we'll get into some hard hitting stuff. <laughs> What's cleaner, your work setting or your home setting? Mm. Work. Work settings cleaner. Oh, work setting. Work setting. <laughs> Jen. Work setting. Oh, this is a clean sweep. I thought maybe we'd have, all right, that's not what I was expecting. Do you think other than your household? I feel like at home I clean, but you can't tell because it's a kid disaster. So it's like you get one area clean, then another pile appears. It's like gnarly. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my, all I do is pick up after them. My husband is a much better house cleaner than I am. It's because he's there more than I am. Good for so you. He he takes yeah, he's a I, I hit the 
jackpot when I married him. Um, so don't tell don't tell my awesome. don't tell my wife. And don't <laughs> make sure he doesn't see this. You don't want his head getting too big. Yeah. All right. Um, oh so, no, I, I tell him on a regular basis. <laughs> well, you're kind. I kind of want to start this conversation because um, we're trying to use this for others to learn. I kind of want to start chronologically here. So let's talk about being a mom during pregnancy. Yeah. Like what? what's like, what are the physical challenges? What are the mental challenges? Like, is it more physical? Is it more mental? Um, like to talk about like when you were pregnant and being in AT, how, how did that experience go for each of you? I know that for me, it was challenging being in a traditional setting um, while pregnant, especially with number two and number three. Mm. Um, working football and eight months pregnant is not fun. Um, but it was also a time in the clinic when I was pregnant with Victor, and that posed a lot of challenges with my first pregnancy because I know her body pregnant so that they sat on your bladder all day long and would punch your bladder in the middle of working with patients mm. that was awesome um mm. I, it was it was definitely a challenge but my last pregnancy was the hardest since i was she was born during football season and oh, the other ones were spring babies so it was a little easier on me oh look there she is there she I, is football there. that's charlie um, you smell very nice. Yeah, just got out of the shower. Um, but being pregnant was hard. Um, but it was worth it. Totally. How late? How late, a, Abby? How late did you work in your pregnancy? Did you go like straight up to the due date? Did I went you... all the way. Um, for Victor, I went all the way up until three weeks before I was due. Um, I went all the way with hers because she was born in June. Um, and then I went on bed rest with five weeks left with her. Mm, way to go. Way to go. Number three. Charlie. Yay. Jen, what was your experience like? Um, I was working in a secondary school setting at that time. And, um, I just have to give credit to my coaches because they were great. They made the athletes help carry stuff at the time. Uh, <laughs> the year before there'd been like two of us and uh, the one lady had phased into more of the teaching position. Cause she's also was an athletic trainer with kids and was kind of um, phasing herself into some different opportunities. And so um, I had some part-time help, but not a whole lot. And so the students were great. The coaches were great. I actually broke my ankle like during oh, no. football season oh. while pregnant. <laughs> and so uh, I was like walking around in a boot. Um, and so I don't know. I just, I'm super appreciative for the help. It was hard. Like, I don't know, just the mental load and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, I worked up to six hours before I had my daughter. Like I was working oh, on reserve or JV basketball game. And the coaches were just laughing. Both of them were dads. And they're like, why are you still here? And I'm like, well, the baby isn't here yet. So I'm still working. Um, and so I was like, I literally remember lifting up a 10-gallon cooler of water. Like, oh my what God. am I doing at the end of the game? And so you just do what you do. I don't know. You just do what you do. And then I was supposed to get induced the next day. And she had other plans and 
came in like a bull in a china shop. So like that kind of that's incredible. That is incredible. That, like the is there any more definition of an athletic trainer than a nine month pregnant mom to be carrying carrying coolers, yeah. covering was it a JV basketball game? Yes. <laughs> and Tanya, what about you? So uh, Bree was born in August, so I was good timing in that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, there, there was some planning that went into that, um, mm. you know, a little bit. Um, so I was, you know, I was off, kind of mm-hmm. off, because you know, we also did, you know, they they did, you know, the summer program. So we had kind of a. I worked a little bit during the summer, but it wasn't, you know, too bad. It was just kind of a couple of hours, you know, during the day, you know, covering like their conditioning and stuff. So I didn't have to do a whole lot during the later months of, you know, the pregnancy. But, um, you know, up until July, um, I was at, I worked at um, Mesquite Horn, um, at the time and, and had up until July had, we weren't really sure what we were going to do yet. Um, whether we were coming back to Abilene or staying there. And so, you know, we're still, you know, planning on, you know, staying, you know, up there. So it's still going to work, you know, all the time, still going to work every day, still, you know, going through all the motions. Um, so we, yeah, and we had help, you know, I mean, it was all the way up through, you know, through the whole pregnancy, you know, working and going through and all the, doing all the things. Um, I was relatively lucky in, in my pregnancy, um, with Bree and that, um, didn't really have very much morning sickness, didn't have a whole lot of any of that stuff. And so no broken um, ankles. No broken ankles, thankfully. Um, Good. She was Good. she was really she was really fun. easy. The only you know only issue that I had with her, she was nine days late, mm. and so you know, stubborn. Yeah, the Texas heat, she, and still is. Yeah, and and you know to this yeah. day is still um, very stubborn. So she, um, yeah. So you know, and and we did have all the you know the coaches were you know, all great and helping, you know, carry things, lift things, take things. Um, you know, when I, when I did get to, you know, the later months, they didn't want to let me, you know, didn't want to, didn't want me to have to do anything. I remember, you know, as I got toward the end, you know, cause my baseball team did go to playoffs. And so, you know, kind of toward the end, I was, I was in, you know, that later part of, of June, you know, when they were in the later part of playoffs, I remember sitting on the sideline, you know, and one of my, you know, student trainers, or there's a kid that went down, you know, at second base, you know, and I'm like, all right, you um, run out there. And if it's really bad, you know, wave at me and I'll <laughs> wave waddle out there and, you know, and I'll, and I'll come out, you know, otherwise, you know, I'll walk out there. And, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, Why? Gotta learn yeah, somehow. But if I got waddle, if I got waddle quickly, then you know, wave at me. Otherwise, I'll I'll walk out there. So, so, so are there um, other things when you guys are pregnant that you have to modify? Like, is it like 
taping counters? Is it like, do you have to avoid yeah. certain special tests or different stretches? Or like, are you guys just kind of work around it as best as you can? Abby's saying yeah, no modifications. No, I didn't modify anything. Uh, that I had, yeah. I didn't know if ergonomically something has to change. I didn't really modify anything, but I did have to like, somebody had a head and neck injury when I was like eight months pregnant and in the wrestling room. And so I couldn't get down and hold C-spine. Yeah. And so I just told the kid not to move and I sat next to him while we waited for EMS. Um, and so then the coaches just kept everybody clear, but just thinking athletic training horror stories, you're holding C-spine and your water breaks or oh. something like that. I think that'd be worse for the kid than for the athletic trainer. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's amazing. I feel like I have to like alter how I tape, even if I just have a really large pizza. Big lunch. Let alone a whole child growing inside of me. Well, I have to say the lady I worked with, she would have her little carrier and she would bring her kids in and she would be taping and doing everything. I was like, I wasn't that talented. Like I, (laughs) my daughter would come to work sometimes with me, but I found it distracting. So she didn't always come, but my coworker, she was a champ. Like she could multitask like no other. So. Well, I'm sure you're not giving yourself enough credit. I'm sure she yeah, has also said, holy crap, she did so much when she was pregnant. And except for those last it. five hours. Yeah, unless, uh, except for the last five hours. <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, the belly grows over, you know, it, it's a nine-month process. So, you you know, you get accustomed to those ergonomics. So you, you're gradually sure. adjusting the whole time. So it's not like all of a sudden, bam, you got this, you know, basketball out in front of you. So you're, you know, you adjust to it as it, as the child, you know, growing. And, and how much, um, how much adjusting did you have to do in terms of like schedules and uh, appointments and, you know, ultrasounds and checkups and stuff like that? Is it, uh, is it depend on the time, you know, the due date or, I mean, is it, is it not a major adjustment at all? I didn't have any issues scheduling around. Uh, the job at all. I, it's like I would schedule an appointment now. I just I work around whatever my work hours are. Sure. Since I was clinic outreach to the high school, I had my mornings off, so gotcha. I could just schedule appointments in the morning. Heck yeah, Tanya. Any issues yeah, for you? It was just no. It's just whenever you like scheduling any other normal appointment, you just try to work around you know, the most convenient times. And then if you can't, you just can't. And you, you know, they just work around it. Yeah. Um, okay. So then after delivery, like, mm. let's, dun, dun, dun. yeah, like baby's here. Is it pretty Get standard? Yeah. How, All right. How much, fine. how much time did you take? I mean, was it, uh, like I think here in Wisconsin, it's what, 12 weeks. Is that, is that, is that everywhere? I took 12 weeks because I had the C-section. Um, but I was off all summer because my first two were spring babies. So I was ready to roll when school started and football started back up. Charlie was my accidental, uh-oh, 
right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of October, so uh, that that was a challenge. Still love you, Charlie. It was no, no matter what. I call you next. You kind of <laughs> She's screaming at me from the other room. She screamed. I did not plan that one out very well, clearly. Oh. Was I an accident? No, you were you were not planned out very well. Jeez. An accidental right. greatness in her life. That's right. You're my miracle. <laughs> right. I only took I six weeks off. Six weeks, Jen. Well, so a lot of times you hear 12 weeks, a lot of that's FMLA, so it's unpaid. And so um, I took, I used up whatever vacation that I had, and then I went on short-term disability. And that's how, and that's when that ran out. So it was either go unpaid or go back to work, which honestly, I was excited to go back to work. I'm probably like, I know all the moms that are like, oh, I can't leave my kid or whatever, but like she slept all the time. Um, so, um, that newborn phase, like they sleep, they eat, whatever. Once you get into that routine, (laughs) you just get used to it enough for it to change. I'm sure you with the three month old has probably figured that out. Um, but I needed some adult interaction. Yeah. So I was like, it was Millie and I watching Jeopardy every day, like, um, (laughs) while she's snoozing in the little rocker thing. So did you, did you ever win Jeopardy while you were watching? I hope you did. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I feel so bad about myself watching Jeopardy. God. Oh my gosh. I, I could never Celebrity Jeopardy. Jeopardy. The best. The best. Yeah. The best in my yes. Tanya, how much time did you take off? I took, well, so she, Sabrina was born in the middle of August. So I took, I took six weeks off from clinic because i had i had transitioned to the clinic yeah you but, had just started but i also started back to just covering um friday night football um uh, at probably um i probably went back to doing that at like three weeks at three so, weeks so just like yeah, one day a week just, for three weeks and then at six weeks you went back full time yeah. wow yeah Texas, was, Texas Friday um, football is big. Yeah. <laughs> she said, yeah, but I yeah. Was, clear eyes, full heart. It, yeah, can't lose. But it was, I mean, it was, it, it was a choice too. I mean, it was, you know, it, it wasn't, they wasn't, you know, they didn't twist my arm. It sure. Was, By all means, yeah. I, I know a lot of moms that said, you know, I can't, I can't wait to get back to work. Not, not necessarily because you, you're sick of your kid, Charlie. You in the mm-hmm. background, um, but it, I mean, I think we identify a little bit with our job, right? And we identify we love we love mm-hmm. also helping others, and so I think I'm not surprised at all from an from an athletic trainer that's you know deep inside you and your soul that you wanted to come back to work. I, th- I think it's great. Um, I think everybody's different, and so I, I I mean I think there's every single parenthood you know, transition is different. And so good for you guys. Yeah. Hopefully that was the right decision for you and your family and it, it worked out well, you know? So then when you decided to go back to work, what, how, what was the childcare situation? Like what worked for you guys? Like, is it, yeah. With Victor, I at first did used a daycare facility, uh, but that wasn't very long. Um, because it was really expensive. 
So we ended up using a friend, family friend who did childcare out of her home. We worked with her uh, for Victor and for Evie. Um, when Charlie was born, I did switch down to part-time just for a little bit uh, because it, they were in school and I could go be a room mom and do some other things. Um, but I still spent all the time at the school. Um, but childcare was expensive in the daycare facility. So it was really nice to have my parents help with a day. My in-laws took a day. Um, and then a family friend helped us for a couple days a week as well. That's nice. And Jen? Um, so Make when sense. Millie was first born, um, the day before she was born, my husband uh, interviewed for a different job. And so he's a sports director in the news. So he's a second shifter. Um, and so I was in secondary school, kind of second shift. And he applied for a different job in a different city and got the job. And so um, when we first started, we did the six weeks maternity leave. Then um, I had two student aides that had graduated from high school and then were in college that would kind of watch Millie in that like afternoon and evenings when I went to work. And they would either come to my house or they would come to the school and uh, either pick her up there or just hang out in the training room and like watch her. But I paid them. Um, so that way they were getting some help with like school and that sort of stuff. And, um, but I remember one of our eighties at one point coming, I wish I could bring my kid to school. Mm. And I was kind of like, Oh, did anybody tell you that you couldn't like, I don't know <laughs> what I was like. And the girl was literally picking my daughter up and leaving to go put her in the car to take her. She wasn't even really staying. So uh, for the most part, they were pretty good about if you had to bring um, your child to work or whatever. But then within my husband getting that job, so within six months of my daughter being born, we each got new jobs. We each, and then we like had previously bought a house that like the September before she was born, she was born in January, moved 60 miles away back home where my family was and started a new job, bought and sold a house, lived in my parents' basement for like six months and then got another house. Like, and so that's, talk about hitting it. all the life, all love the life it. things. 20, it was a lot. <laughs> 2012 was good for you. Oh, right. Yeah. You said she's 10. Gosh, a little, a little stressful. Yeah. 2012. Holy yeah. cow. Jen, I and love so, it. I love you. You total you upheaval. <laughs> look, look at you. You're upright and you are killing life. I mean, she hit the reset button. Oh, I love it. There might have been a lot of like stressed out tears in certain moments because I'm like, you still have the the baby and the hormones and like all that going oh. going all crazy. But it was a lot. And oh, I, that's so much. It does take a village. It, it does, does take a village. And I was fortunate, kind of like Abby, that then I had a family friend who happened to be retiring and she took my daughter in and for five years was our childcare. And she hardly even charged us any money. So we like lucked out, hit the lottery, but she's like a second grandma to well, probably a billion grandma. She has a lot of grandmas, but um, <laughs> she's another grandparent in my daughter's life. So look at that. And, and Tanya, how, what was your sit return to work situation? So we had, so my husband's business um, or the, the company that he worked for when we were up in the Metroplex, when we were trying to decide, you know, are we going to stay up here? Are we going to move, you know, back home? As both of our families are from Abilene, um, we, you know, we're going back and forth. 
And at the time I hadn't been able to find anything, you know, athletic training wise in Abilene. This was still, you know, in June before I'd had her. And, you know, we were, had it, you know, it was kind of, kind of contingent on, on me finding a job because he was going to be able to transfer um, his job. Couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. Did a lot of soul searching, did a lot of praying and, you know, nothing had come of it. So we had decided that we were just going to, you know, stay and just figure it out. Well, then, you know, come July, the company that he worked for, um, they terminated the contract with his company that he worked for. And his company was based out of Abilene that we're from. And so they said, well, you can either <clears throat> come back here to Abilene and work or, you know, find a job, you know, there in Dallas, not with our company. So I'm like, so we're like, okay, we're going back to Abilene. <laughs> so, you know, at that point we, you know, we didn't have a choice. And yeah. so, you know, it was one of those, you know, God's prayers answered not particularly in the way that we wanted it to be because all of a sudden, you know, he didn't, you know, we he didn't have, he didn't have, I didn't have a job. His job was not exactly what he was doing where he was at. So we pack up and, you know, and move home and I start calling every athletic trainer in town that I knew, you know, was like, I need a job. So the clinic that I work for currently, I called, I I had heard that they might be looking for an athletic trainer. Um, they hadn't yet really started an outreach program, sure. um, but they were looking to start an outreach program. And so I called them basically every day um, until they hired me. And um, <laughs> Persistent. <laughs> so, yes. And, uh, and then after they hired you, you, so they, you called uh, them twice a day. <laughs> That's Shawshank yeah, Redemption. Sorry. Pretty much. I was like, and it was like, and by the way, I'm, you know, seven months pregnant. So, um, so then once I, you know, once we had, had Brie, um, I, I did the, I, you know, like I did the six weeks off and then we got the childcare through one of the church daycare services, but then they didn't have, you know, they're always, they always have a wait list. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, both my mom, both our families are, were in Abilene. And so my mom, um, worked, she works kind of some evenings. Um, his mom was still working full time. So kind of piecemealed daycare until we could get her into, you know, they watched her until we could get her into the daycare. Yeah. Um, and then for evenings, for while we were um, um, during football, while I was doing the the coverage, once because once I started doing the outreach stuff, um, and the so I worked full time, mm -hmm. you know, forty hours in the clinic, and then the outreach contract was on top of that, so it was game coverage. Um, and initially, like her first couple of years. Um, I only worked Friday night football. Um, sure. And then, so my, you know, she, um, you know, she stayed, you know, her father parented her, mm -hmm. um, you know, while I was, you know, working. And we don't, we don't say that he babysat her. 
he is a father. <laughs> and so he parented he her. Parented. Um, yes. And that's, and, and for fathers, yes. that's, that Big. is a highly yes. contested. That's, I don't know Fuck if yeah. you guys, if that gets you, that, that is a, I don't babysit. I don't parenthood. I just, I just try to like, I just hold on for dear life. That's all I do. <laughs> I, I just do, I do my best. I hope I did everything fine. You know what? He smiles right. when mom comes home, and so therefore I'm happy. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that was, he would get, oh my gosh, because people would, you know, as a mom, like when, when I would go to games, like they would ask my husband, they're like, so you're babysitting? Or they yeah. would, you know, or they would ask, you know, who's babysitting, you know, Bree or, you know, and he's like, she's my child. I'm not babysitting my own child. Yeah, you no. know, she's no, you know, I mean, he, it would, I mean, it would just, it would offend him to know, you know, to no end. I'm like, you know, as it should, you know, he's, I love it. he's parenting her. It's, it's Heck his yeah. job, you know, and Heck yeah. And he, he's amazing at it. And so God, he better not so, yeah. be watching this. Because she is complimenting him <laughs> left and right. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is ridiculous. What's your husband's name? Frank. Frank. Frank, Frank. you're you're one of the good ones. Thanks apparently. for making us look Lo bad, Frank. <laughs> 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 Dang it, Frank. Knock it down a notch, all right? Oh. Jeez. You know what? I One thing I'm, I've, I've heard is, um, according to Jen, we all need one extra grandparent. If we all have one extra grandparent, I think life... Lots of grandparents. <laughs> life could be a little better. Just one more squeeze of a kid. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Find uh, yourself another grandparent. <laughs> random. <laughs> Random grandparents. You look like a nice person. Man. Come on over. I hey. Want you to be oh, jeez. We got another one. This is Millie. Hi, Millie. Millie, nice to meet you. Welcome to the Candid Athletic Training Podcast. You're in Canada now? Candid. Candid. Yeah, we're in Canada, basically. Sorry. I have a Wisconsin, Wisconsin accent. Leave me Canada. alone. Yeah. So, Closer than we are. So um, I'm going to just ask this, and feel free to answer or not answer if you don't want to. Um, oh, what if it's radio silence? Are we? No, that's okay. To? We'll just move on. <laughs> so... Did anybody have any problems with postpartum and going back to work? Uh, any issues with that? Or was it all like, hey, let's go? I was, hey, let's go. I mean, but I bring in my kids with me a lot of evenings to the school. So I was, it was just, let's roll. I never had any depressive issues or separation issues because they never leave me. Hmm. Yeah, I just know that that can be an issue for some women. And I'm just curious if, yeah. I'd say I was lucky I that I didn't have it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have it so much. Like as far as like separation anxiety from Bree, I think I felt it more. Like I did feel initially kind of a, I don't know, kind of like a disconnect from, like just from everything else. Like mm. I felt like just between um between work and mm -hmm. and the you know the 
the mom stuff and then the the being you know from 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 working and being a mom and then doing the outreach and just the the go 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 the i think it was the the being a wife part that mm. i think is where i i maybe felt some of that postpartum stuff sure um and, and it took no go ahead sorry you know, it, so it, it there was some some deep conversations that my husband and I had, um, you know, that we kind of had that we had to kind of work through, and it it wasn't until till later, you know, kind of going back, you know, maybe, you know, six eight months after the fact that I was able to look back at that and and say, you know, I think that was postpartum. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was I didn't recognize it going through it. Um, but I think looking back at it, I was able to recognize, you know, that that's what that was. And it took my husband saying, Hey, you know, you, you come home from work and you know, you, you change out of your clothes and it's five o'clock and you put your jammies on and, you know, or it's seven o'clock mm -hmm. and you put your jammies on and, and, you know, and that's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it's, you know, and you focus on the kid and, yep. you know, you know, and we, we haven't had a conversation in, you know, two months. And so, um, you know, just, it took some real, you know, conversations and, and him, you know, being yeah. honest yeah. with me and me being receptive of it um, to kind of get through that. Um, that part Jesus. of it. Frank, Frank and Tanya are like who everybody should look at. Huh? I mean, that seems like, that sounds like, that seems like a really strong relationship yeah. right there. Well, Holy I mean, cow. I know my wife is a stay at home. I mean, and Bennett's two now, and I know one of her biggest issues and still, I mean, two years later is like when you're, when you, I mean, you just, you lose a sense of identity almost or your roles, yes. your role changes. And it's like, what role, what hat am I wearing at what time? And like for my wife, she stays at home. So she lost her career. You know, she's, you know, she gave that up and she has to focus on this other thing. And like you guys were mentioning, sometimes you need adult interaction and she's just babbling so with so. a six month old or a two year old, you know, it's like she craves some real adult interaction. And I think that can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. I think you lose your identity a little bit when you first become a mom because it's all new and it's all the stuff and it's ever changing. And then you got to kind of find yourself again. And not necessarily that that means that you're in a depressive state or whatever. It's just something new. Um, and so it takes a while. But then also I feel like moms are like constantly running a to-do list in their head. Like, mm. and it could even be compartmentalized. Like I have my work to-do list. I have my professional organization to do list. I have my mom list. I have my stuff that needs to get done at home. And it's just like this never ending list and trying to like set your boundaries and know like, I don't have to get it all done. It's not all going to get done in a day. And there's other, other things and people that look forward to your presence. And so I still struggle with that. Cause I'm always like, my brain's going a mile hundred miles a minute and trying to get stuff done and like, Oh, I could be working on this or this or this. And 
being able to say, oh, nope, can't do that. But like, I do think it changes your identity, especially when you're a brand new mom, like you're like the feeding machine a lot of times. And so there's another sometimes I I literally like, I felt like I was a cow. Like it was just literally you're feeding your child, which is what you're supposed to do, whether it's formula or breast milk or whatever, but like you're just on demand for them. And so it can be kind of exhausting and like, you got to kind of grow out of that and like adapt. And sometimes it's hard to like break pieces of you off for all the people that need you. So sometimes at the end of the day, I don't know. I just even feel like. (laughs) So that begs the question, how do you prioritize this career? Like the career and the family life, like with your, as you're talking about the the to do's, the never ending to do's like what, how do you prioritize like going through that on a day to day? Or on a or on a longer term. I guess it depends on the day. Honestly, it, now, with my kids being older now, it's easier for me to prioritize. What Hold on, when does happen. it get easy? Uh, I just just asking for a friend. Wait, just asking asked, for two yeah, friends. Just, just for, just for two <laughs> friends. When, when does it get easy? easy <laughs> Maybe not easy, just different. It wasn't terrible. I mean. I, I took Victor to football games with me, and I had him in a carrier on the sideline, and yeah. and I just made in the it huddle. work that way. It's not. It's just how you can um, finagle things to work in your favor. I, I don't know that I could prioritize one over the other because I I feel like I put so much of myself into my career and who I am in this profession that hmm. I my kids grow up have grown up in the building on my on my athletic fields they it's just part of who we are i think i just prioritize keeping them happy getting keeping my kids at the school taken care of and then i deal with all the other stuff at home later well all of the building except for the second floor Hold say that again she's not been on the second floor of my building yet because you won't let me on the second floor oh, something up there. is that like where all the fun toys are <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it's just you never let me up there, and now I'm curious on what's up there. It's the it's foreign like language. The Normatec yeah. boots and the rehab. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she just wants to see the second. This there are two high schools worth of kids in this building, so we have it's built. It's huge. It's a huge building, so I, I don't ever have a reason to go to the second floor. So why do I need to take them up there? Mm. I just want to go oh, I'll there. take you up there tomorrow then. Fine. Holy yeah. cow! Tomorrow. See, we make it happen. See, this is what see, we yes. do. <laughs> I have to say, I did kind of prior to prioritize, uh, prioritize family. Um, so a couple different things about that. Your wife's very fortunate that she can stay home uh, with the yeah. kids. But I feel a lot of times in society, it is like a two parent working home sometimes or single parent home. Um, so we have to work to do that or whatever. But when I started out, it was a secondary school and the hours are great, even because you have your mornings. Like sometimes you have your mornings, not like Tanya that's had to do the clinic and then go to outreach. But I had my mornings with my daughter. And then when I transitioned to campus rec, I originally was one to 10. So I had mornings with her. I got to go to do library time. I got to do take her to preschool and help out with that sort of stuff. Um, And then as she started kindergarten, I was able to transition first to a 10 to seven and then later to an eight to five because now she has all these after school activities and somebody has to get her there. So um, her dad still works second shift and actually is back up in the town that we were in um, initially. Uh, And so 
I am responsible for a lot of transportation and stuff. So I worked my work schedule so that I would be available um, to help get her where she needed to be. And I know I agree with Abby though. This is the first year she's like staying home by herself. And just that load of not having to rush to get her from the after school program. She gets to come home. She gets to have a nap before she does her activities, get a snack. And then um, I get home and I take her to wherever it is that she activities she's doing. So it is super helpful to have these different settings and stuff and be able to like change your time schedule if possible. So flexibility, Charlie, go take a nap. Charlie doesn't know what a nap is. <laughs> Last time you made me take a nap, which was over the weekend. I, did. I was tired and upset in my basketball Yeah, game. that was a bad idea. I'm not letting her nap again. <laughs> I'm going to nap on the weekends when I'm alone and I get tired. Yes, okay. You're so pretty. <laughs> Jen, I, oh, so, oh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to ask a, a, a question, Jen. Um, yep. So, I, I mean, I have a lot of high school kids that come through my clinic. And even over the short, like, four, three to four years that I've been, like, seeing more and more high school kids versus my previous career, um, holy crap, do high school kids do a lot of stuff. Oh, my God. They're, they're in a million different things. Um, if, if it's not multiple sports, it's I – they also have – three different tutors for ACTs. They also have this. They also have that. Like being an athletic trainer, the the schedule as an athletic trainer is very, it needs to be adjusted on the fly sometimes. Fluid. It's fl- ooh, fluid. <laughs> fluid is a very good term. Now, I mean, you were talking like you've kind of adjusted your schedule. Um, I mean, what... Like, what advice could you give to some young moms? Maybe they get, maybe they have the eight, nine-year-old that, like, they're about to get to that age where they're in, I don't know, ten different sports in all one season. That, like, you as as an athletic trainer, how do you how do you manage stuff like that? How do you manage their schedule with your schedule? Is the is the crux? Yeah. Of the so, question. like I said, I'm very fortunate. So, the work setting that I'm at. Our actual hours are six in the morning till midnight most nights. And there's an athletic trainer in the building 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. on most nights. And so, like I said, I initially started in that one to 10 and then I transitioned into that eight to five role. I have to say that the location I'm at, we're very flexible with our hours. And even since COVID, it has gotten better Mm. that we can kind of flex our time. And, um, they're not so much clock watchers as long as you're putting in your time. Um, and so they also are supportive of us being part of our professional organizations and that sort of thing. And, um, our current director is big on family. So that's very helpful. That is not the same case in every situation. Um, it could probably go across sometimes to athletics and it's a completely different story. Um, they do have some AT moms over there as well or, and dads as well, but, um, you know, I don't think you see the kids over there as often. I don't really have Millie at work at the university just cause it's not really, it's not that it's frowned upon, but it's kind of a last minute sort of deal. So what I do is she knows that I won't be at everything. So the other thing about kids being in all, involved in everything are 
she does a lot of club sports and club sports are not cheap. Like they mm-hmm. are expensive. And I was like, can't we all just go back to the Y or like <laughs> yes, intramural type stuff? Yes, please. And, um, so a lot of times I'll work stuff on the side to help pay for some of those activities. So she gets to do the things that she likes to do. I get to cover the sports that I like to cover. So I cover hockey um, for my uh, job as a PRN because it's outside of my work hours. And then I cover some other stuff for that orthopedic hospital. I get to pick and choose what I work. So I try to work around her schedule. Um, but like I said, grand- grandparents are awesome if you have the availability of them. Um, my husband and I are, are both from um, divorced parents. And so she has double the grandparents mm. and they love to spoil her and they love to help where they can. And so if I can't get her to something and he's working cause he has to be at the football game or something for sports for the news, then they pick up a lot of the extra. So I have to say it does take a village. So I know that it can be a struggle if you don't have that village. I know there's moms on Twitter and the AT moms page on Facebook that they don't have that support system. My coworker that I used to work with, she was from Canada and ended up moving to Nebraska because she met her husband and they didn't have as many like people that they could have. They were both athletic trainers. And when you're both athletic trainers or secondary school athletic trainers, like they were having so many babysitters because someone had to pick up the kids and there's like daycares don't usually run second shift. So it does make it a challenge. So you have to have those supportive work environments And I think, I hope COVID is making some of those things a reality Um, just because when you make those comments of like, oh, I wish I could have my kids on the sideline, like sometimes we don't have a choice. Like Mm -hmm. you either want us to be there to work for your kids and make sure your kids are safe, but our kids also have to be safe. And so um, I think those flex schedules are really helpful. And I hope that that becomes more of a trend. Um, Love it. I'm, all, <laughs> I'm also hearing, you know, athletic trainers, you know, men and women alike. I mean, don't be afraid to ask and like get help. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we put everything on ourselves. We may, we try to take on the entire world. I mean, the moms are telling us right now, everybody needs to think about what, what the heck did your mom tell you when you were a little kid? You know, like she was probably right. Moms are now telling us as adults, Hey, try to get a little more support system. Ask, ask for help. There's plenty of people out there that want to support you. You just have to ask, right? I like it. Yeah. It's hard awesome. to not be able to do certain things with your kids. I mean, I'm fortunate that my kids eventually come through my building and are my athletes, but <laughs> there are, you have to, they <laughs> made me lose my train of thought. You have to, be like any other working parent. I know my father was a police officer, you know, worked a certain time frame and didn't get to do certain things with me because of his job or, or, you know, my husband's parents worked and did certain things. So as an athlete trainer, you're still a working parent and we still have to make compromises and sacrifices. But as long as you have a support system to help you and you're willing to compromise, you can do it. it it's, Oh, it's possible. I mean, I, I have three kids and I can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I look at her. So, so bouncing off that, you know, you say it's just like 
any other working parent, but what as an athletic trainer, are there are there perks to it? Like what mm. what do you what do you benefits? Yeah, what are the benefits of being an AT and having kids like oh, well do it. It's gotta be some. I I like my kids come through the building. I'm, my son I mean, has been to yeah, the building. Free. I love it. Go for it, Tanya. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Bree was at, Bree went to Holly, you know, where I, I was, you know, the AT for, you know, for her whole high school. Well, I mean, I was there for, you know, for 17 years. And, you know, so I was, you know, I was her athletic trainer. I mean, and she grew up, you know, at that school. So she, you know, was on the sideline, you know, from, you know, I started taking her, you know, with me to things from, you know, probably, you know, seven, eight years old, you know, and kind of teaching her the ropes of, you know, mm-hmm. don't run yeah. on the field and, you know, stay, you know, I would take her to, you know, JV stuff at first or freshman stuff at first and, you know, gradually, you know, introducing her to things before she, you know, got to go to, you know, the varsity stuff. But, mm. you know, we're taking her to like basketball before she got to go to, you know, Friday night football stuff. She didn't, she didn't get to go to Friday night football stuff with me, you know, until she was probably nine, I think before she got to go to be on the sideline with me on Friday nights. But, um, but she grew up, you know, on the sidelines and in the gym Mm -hmm. and, and stuff. And, and, and then, you know, getting to be her athletic trainer and, and be there for the stuff. And, you know, there was one time, I think she was probably, I don't know, 14 or 15, you know, in one of those classic mom guilt moments that, you know, we all get. Um, Never happens. You know, yeah. You know, I asked her if, you know, it was like if she ever felt like she was, um, you know, did she feel cheated? You know, that she didn't have the the normal childhood of, you know, the growing up. Did she feel like she missed out on opportunities because she was always at work with me, always on the sideline with me um, instead question. of going and doing normal things with normal kids, you know, with all the other kids? And she said no. She felt like she got to do stuff that other kids didn't get to do. You know, mm-hmm. and she, you know, she felt, you know, that it was, you know, opportunities that she got to do that she, that other kids didn't, you know, cause I remember when she got to the high school, like when she finally got, you know, got to get, you know, was walking around as a freshman and she already knew, you know, yeah. the varsity football team, right? you know, because right she was with me and, you know, and they're all coming up and high-fiving her and giving her hugs and, you know, all the other little ninth grade girls are like, Oh my God, you know, Johnny, you know, or whoever (laughs) his name is. And, you know, she's got clout, you know, she already knows, you know, the quarterback and, you know, and so she just, she, I remember that day, that first day, I mean, she thought that, you know, it was, the best day ever and so so yeah i mean there's there's definitely perks of 
you know, of it and, and, you know, getting to, to take her, you know, I spend, you know, more time with her. And then I probably would have gotten as a normal working mom um, because I got to take her to work with me a lot. Jen. Um, I feel like being a mom has helped me like appreciate sports again. Cause like growing up, I love sports and pretty much anybody from Nebraska is like a diehard Nebraska fan. It doesn't matter if we're good or bad or whatever. Like it's pretty much like a cult sometimes. Um, and so as I got into athletic training was my job, sports were my job. Like you kind of like sometimes lose the love for it. Like, and so it became a job for a while. And so I think for her, like for me having the schedule that I do and that I get to do the things that I do with her, I get to see her learn sports from the ground up and just that developmental phase. And each new step is like learning something new, but then like we can go to a college basketball game and I get to like teach her things about the sport and that sort of thing. So that makes it more enjoyable for me because I always told her, I'm like, I watch sports completely different than you watch sports. Like I literally watch, it's hard to turn off that watching for injuries, making sure everybody's okay. So that like fan part of sports gone (laughs) it was kind of gone and so now that she's enjoying sports and i get to like watch stuff kind of through her eyes like it's kind of fun yeah and makes sports more fun again and then we can kind of pick the sports that we like like to watch or whatever um and i just feel that like just because like having two parents in sports like it, it dictates a lot of your life like a coach coaching change happens and my husband has to drop everything and just Mm -hmm. go cover the news or whatever. And, um, it frustrates me a little bit or like seeing like a, the campus completely changing an academic schedule because football decided to practice at 10 in the morning instead of two, like, like that frustrates me. Cause what about all those other students? So like, I feel like the benefit from athletic training and the flexibility that I have, it hasn't like, I've been able to, kind of regrow my love of sports because I'm a mom. So I don't know if that actually answers your question, but um, that's kind of, I think the biggest benefit for me, plus her, her little teammates know that they can come to me if they need something. I always have a little first aid kit. And despite the fact that they call me nurse, nurse Jen or Dr. Jen. And I'm like, no, I'm an athletic trainer. And I try to explain that to them. Like whatever. They're just like, can I have a baby? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I have some pre-wrap for my hair. Nice. Uh, yes. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan. The greatest honor is to be your kid's athletic trainer, honestly. Oh, that's cool. Greatest, greatest honor. I'm not kidding you. To be able to, to be on the sidelines for your kid's events, there is nothing else like it. I'm not lying. Okay, we're going to. Because talk- you can actually run out onto the field to look at the injuries where the parents who are in the stands who do it mm-hmm. shouldn't. Uh, so one of our one of our live streamers, um, Dylan, he asked the question: Do any of your kids want to go into um, the profession because of being around you guys? Mm-hmm. Tanya's shaking her head. Yes, it's a great question. Yeah. So, yeah. So Bree graduated um, this year, and she um, initially was going to go to um, into criminal investigation. She was going to be going to like forensics. Yeah. And then she decided um, after 
her first, I guess she's not even finished her first semester. Um, but she missed sports. And mm. so, um, she's changing her major and has, cool. is wanting to go into athletic training. So she told her, she's like, yeah, she's like, they don't get shot. And yeah, she's like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to get shot at. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I've never been shot at yet. So yet. Well, yet. unfortunately, um, there, there was some news this week that was yeah. contrary to that. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Horrible. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But so, also, you know, you want to, you want to see blood coming out of alive people and not necessarily already past the scene. Yeah. Good for her. Anybody else? But so, yeah, she's, um, she's thinking about that. So Good. hopefully that'll I'll stick with it. I don't think big, I don't think my kids have, uh, Figured it out yet? I think. Well, I mean, like, mm. what about I mean, blood and stuff like that don't really affect me because that's what I've been grown up around. But like, I don't know if I might go into like medical stuff because still a lot of that stuff is no. It doesn't. Some of the stuff she doesn't like, but my basically my kids know how to close a wound. Um, mm-hmm. good skill. Like, no. All right, that's fine. Your brother wants to play major league baseball. <laughs> so, At least ten. She doesn't know what she wants. It changes, yeah. but by the day, so, sure, sure. so here's a here's a question. So you guys have all been in the profession double digit years. So there are a lot of moms who have gotten out of the profession. Have you heard? I mean, what what are you hearing? Why are the moms who are leaving the profession? What what's the reason? What do you think? The moms that I know that leave the profession um, struggle with finding a compromise in work and with your home life. Um, And I don't know if it's, do they want to make a compromise? Are they willing to compromise? Or do they just expect to be given the freedom to do things? Um, But I don't know that they really were all that into trying to compromise. Yes, there are days I don't get to see her play. I didn't get to see her play her last football game of the season because I we hosted a volleyball tournament. Wait, no, you went to oh, no. my last game. Oh, your home game. And there are things that I just can't do because of my job, but then there are other days where I get to not leave their side at, at, at games. So it's a give and take. And I think a lot of the moms, the newer moms, aren't willing to try to be flexible or try to um, compromise with your work schedule to make it all work. I mean, that's what I see. Right. Jen, what do you hear? Love it. Or any thoughts? I don't know. It's hard. Like I know I would agree with some of the stuff that Abby said. And then I also know that other moms that I've seen on here have been like a part of like military families and they Mm -hmm. have had to pick up and move because their spouse got deployed or something like that. And so then sometimes where they get deployed, there just weren't jobs available for them to do that. So they had to find something else. And then sometimes it's finances. Like, I mean, obviously COVID showed this as well, that like a lot of people either were furloughed, got out of the profession because they could make more money for it and support their family and not have to save somebody's life potentially. And they, I think it goes back to support again. Like if your work isn't supporting you, um, like my, I feel like my employer did a great job cause they knew that in the, in the positive light stuff was going to start coming back. 
And they took the investment and invested in not only the athletic training staff, they invested in our campus rec staff and the faculty and staff at the university, knowing that I think if they would have furloughed all those people and then tried to go back and be like, oh, just kidding, time to hire you all back. Well, those places are going and trying to hire those people. Well, you weren't there for them when they needed you the most. So they went and found a different alternative. Yep. And so it's hard to get some of those people back, especially when the pay is better at these other jobs or maybe the hours are better. So like that flexibility, that support, I think goes a long way, especially with whether you're an AT mom or an AT dad. Um, that was one thing I was telling Abby. I was like, when she asked me to come on here was like, she was like, Oh, they want to talk to the AT moms. And I was like, well, does anybody talk to the AT dads and see like, I mean, a lot of Every times, like it's, talk a to stere- each other. <laughs> it's a stereotype that like, Oh, moms are doing all these things, but we kind of have to change it. Cause like the dads are doing some stuff too. So sure. Um, we appreciate that. But yeah, we appreciate your little shout out there, but we all, <laughs> but we also, we're just two guys and we don't get the other perspective. So yeah. that's why we wanted to have this yep. conversation. Cause it's, we, know, we know where we come moms, from, but we don't know where everyone else comes from. power of knowing where everything's at though. Cause like yeah. my, my daughter tells me that we have superpowers cause it, she'll be like, where's that one sock that I wore like five years ago? And I'm like, oh, it's like under the left side of the couch and the cushion. Like, what? how did you know that? I don't know. Like, it's just a thing. Tanya, Tanya, do you have any insight on maybe why moms that you know have left the profession or? I think, I mean, and, and I know when, when I was looking at, you know, do I stay in the traditional setting? Do I go clinical? You know, for me, it was the number of hours that, you know, was um, required at at the traditional setting. You know, when I was, and I know, you know, in Texas, um, you know, at the high school setting, and it it's getting better. And, and some of the bigger schools in the in the more in the metroplex area um, that have more than two athletic trainers. They have more flexibility, but mm-hmm. in some of the, the the smaller towns, like even here in Abilene, you know, we've got three um, large high schools here in town, but they still only have two athletic trainers each. You know, they we've got three 5A high schools, and the 5A high schools only have two athletic trainers yeah. each. And so they're still working, and we've, they've got between them, they've got – one Sorry, what's what's an enrollment in a five A that kind of covers the middle schools? How, how many athletes um, are you talking about in a five A? Just for people across how, the country I, who or even just like how, yeah. like yeah, how many kids are at the school? If you had to guess, I mean, it doesn't have to be exact. Um, <laughs> I want to say, um, or even just how many at a school? It's five A. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Um, Is it like a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand? <laughs> it's a small coliseum of kids. She's yeah. It's um, I am googling it. So yeah. it's tough. So between I see. So five A enrollments between one thousand sixty and two thousand ninety nine. Students. Okay, it's a big. Um, so that's, that's a big variant. So that's our. So yeah, so that's a big. That's our 
That's a division that's, one. Yeah, that's a five A. That's division one. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a division one or two here. Yeah. In Wisconsin, that's division one. So that's yeah, a, that's so as high got, as we go. Yeah. So and so that's the five A. That's the next to highest. And you're saying a lot of those schools will um, have two. Six A is the highest. Yeah. Yes. I mean, good. So they've got two athletic trainers. Yeah, <sighs> and so I mean, those guys work, you know, a ton. And so yeah. being, you know, you know, being an an AT parent, you know, in that situation is hard. Um, and so <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had, you know, when I was getting ready to, to decide, you know, do I stay in that situation or do I go the clinical route? Um, you know, that was what I was looking at. Do I want to continue to work the 80 hour work weeks or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, do I want to go to the clinical route and work 40 to 45 um, and then maybe do outreach? And so that was where, you know, that decision came into it. So I think that plays into it, you know, is, is what setting can you get into, you know, sure. Um, you know, that'll support that. Uh, and then, you know, and as, you know, as Brie got older, then I was able to expand the contract that I had with the, the school that I was at so that I was able to, we were able to add more sports Mm -hmm. and I was able to, to work more. So it went from being just a Friday night contract to, you know, we added, you know, Thursday night football, and then we added well, prime time. You know, basketball, and then we <laughs> added, you know, then we added, you know, volleyball, and we added softball and baseball, yeah. and so you know, I was out there, you know, a lot more. Um, and so, as she got older, I was able to to work more. And but so it's, you know, I think, you know, you have to decide. It, it, it's sacrifice, and that's with any working parent. I mean, there's sacrifice, and you mm-hmm. have to decide. And it's any given day. Some days your family is going to sacrifice more. You, you mm-hmm. sacrifice more for your family. Some days you're sacrificing more for your job. Some days you're sacrificing more for, you know, it may be a 50-50. And it, it's a balancing act, you know, regardless. And, and you have to decide on a daily basis where that give and take is. And, um, you know, just, you know, it's it's – who who gets it you know who gets it today there's only so much of you to give and so you know it's i love that you said that decide on on which of the day you know who gets what part of you that day i love that you said that because i the one the one thing i like i took from this conversation so far and like listening to all three of you is that you know you don't have to prioritize one thing all the time right like and i i literally wrote down there is no prioritized it is a day-to-day like conversation and so i think you know whether or not somebody prioritizes on a given day that they have a volleyball tournament and they miss the football game i mean that's what that day brought right but that's okay because on another day you prioritize that your kid was at your work learning from you and getting to see something that most kids don't get to see a lot a lot of kids don't get to see their their parents work and i remember being a, a kid and my mom was not an athletic trainer she just worked at a store in a mall but she would have to go in after hours and have to do things and it was like 
the most fun time in the entire world that I got to go to a mall with my mom after hours, and it was like I was a kid in a candy shop. And it would, I think we we also don't give our kids enough credit as athletic trainers that they love that their parents love their jobs, yeah. Right. And they, they might actually love the fact that their parents get to take them to cool stuff. Um, so kudos to you guys. I mean, like I, I've learned a lot. I know Chad, what else you got for him? I I got one more question and we can wrap it up, but so this will be fairly generic, I think, but (laughs) if you guys, let's just like for the people listening out there, if you have one piece of advice for somebody who, um, might be getting into the profession or, you know, or is it in the profession and considering starting a family? Like what's an, what's some advice for being an AT mom? Just one piece that maybe you can share. Find the setting that works for you. So you can have the best of both worlds, have a good support system. Yeah. <laughs> Abby stole the number one answer. I would hundred percent agree with you. Yes. And I also wanted to say that I think Tanya should write a self-help book for athletic trainers because she's oh, full of wisdom. So. Oh my God, yes. Look at you. I've enjoyed everything that, you, I've enjoyed everything that you've said. So. Jen, Jen's requesting to do the foreword, though. She's going to do the foreword on the inside <laughs> cover of the book. Do <laughs> you have any advice, Tanya? I would just ask. I think... Go ahead. No, I think it's all you. Go ahead first. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I was going to say that, um, you know, one of the the biggest pieces of advice I think that I ever got was actually when I was in the army, it was from my first sergeant and it was before I even knew that I was going to be an athletic trainer, but it's something that I've carried with me, um, since I was 19 and, um, and and it's it's so applicable to athletic training too it's you know things change on a daily basis and you never know when you get up what the day is going to entail and we have to go beyond being flexible and you have to be fluid i mean your your day is going to change and so and, and that was he's like you you know and that was it that was his saying was you have to go beyond being flexible. You have to be fluid. And because you never know what you're going to get, you never know what you're going to is going to be thrown at you. Mm -hmm. And that goes with being, you know, being a mom, um, you know, being an athletic trainer. Um, And I know Jen said, you know, and there's, you know, it's, there is something to be said about dads. I mean, dads are great and dads are wonderful, but being, being a mom is different. I mean, there are different expectations and there are different demands for moms than there are for dads. I mean, and it's just society has just been that way forever and it's not going to change. And, you know, so being, a, a working mom and being a an athletic training mom is harder than being an athletic training dad and it's just the way that it is and so you know if you're gonna 
if you're going to do it, you've got to know that going into it and yep. you've got to know that, um, it's going to be harder, but it, it's definitely worth it because if you've got a passion for the career, um, your kids are going to see that and they're mm. going to see that you're passionate for it. And I think that's one of the things that I was able to instill in my daughter is that I love my job. You know, I loved my kids, you know, all the kids that I took care of and my kids that I took care of, you know, all of my athletes know that I love them. Like yep. whether my kids at the school that I've been at for, three months now know that I love them, you know, or the kids that I had for 17 years, you know, I'm passionate about what I do. And she has seen that because she's been with me on the sidelines and has been with me, you know, this whole time. And so I've been able to instill that work ethic in her and been able to instill that, um, you know, that, that sense of um, just, you know, when you do something, you put your all into it and you, you know, it's a career, it's not just a job. And so I think, you know, if you're going to go into this profession, you know, this is not one to take lightly. And so um, I think that's just, you know, the piece, you know, biggest thing I would say is, you know, following up on what Abby says is find your niche, you know, find your, your setting that you can flourish in, um, and your support group. Cause it, you know, like Jen said, it takes a village. Mm. Um, there's no way that, you know, we could have done it alone. Well, I couldn't well, remember. I would say, anymore. like, especially to, oh, sorry, are you done? I didn't no, want to, like, no, cut no. you off. Keep going, keep going. Um, for, for, the, for the students, um, I even saw recently on Twitter, one of the athletic trainers had said, he was asking people about, like, either what to tour or whatever, and a student was like, oh, I was told I can't have a family and be an athletic trainer. And I remember hearing that when I, I've, I've been an athletic trainer for 17, 18 years. So then you have the four years of undergrad, whatever. So I remember hearing that 20 plus years ago and thinking like, that's not right. Like why, like, why can't it be done? Like, um, and so one thing I tell people is everybody's journey is different. So obviously there's going to be demands at certain levels of this job, like depending on what you do, but you can all make it work. Like it just kind of depends on your, like we, if we've hit home support system is like super important. Um, but awesome. if it's what you love and it's what you want to do, like don't let somebody detour you from doing the job that you love to do. And so I do understand kind of what that comment is saying though, because I mean, I obviously had to make some changes in my life to be able to do athletic training and have a family. You got to strike that mm -hmm. balance. But don't get out of the profession just because you think that somebody doesn't think you can like have a family and like do this job because it is possible. 50% of athletic trainers are females and that doesn't mean they all have to be moms, but a lot of them are moms and they're at D1 settings and D2 settings and industrial 
and clinics and outreach and performing like they're in everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, you do have to find that niche that works best for you and for your family, but don't be deterred because one person told you, Oh, you can't do it. Or their way of thinking was just a little bit different than what yours was. So. Dang. You guys all hit it like directly on the head of the nail. You are, I mean, you've inspired me. That's for damn sure. Um, Well, it's, yeah, you just enlightened, enlightened us. Like we appreciate it. I mean, I I think it's a good conversation to be had and I'm sure there's more out there, but I mean, I think it's a good first. So happy that we had all of you on. I I think this was a wonderful episode. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Tanya. Um, I think each one of you had like just such great different insight and just different ways of looking at the profession. And so I think um, hopefully everybody takes a lot of what you said and they can continue to be athletic trainers as moms, as parents, um, because it's a great profession. And I think let's just, let's just keep, spreading the word that 18 moms yeah. rock yeah have them reach out have if people have yeah. questions send them our way i'm sure that between all of us we can handle it for you we can answer questions appreciate it <laughs> yeah, i mean, love just, it I'm absolutely just more support more support systems huh yeah. like look at this you know at I mean, even, supporting ats that's what we need heck yeah. not tearing it down hashtag 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 Great. <laughs> Abby, I'm sorry about the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. I don't. I'm, I don't like the. Cleveland. Oh, you're not. Oh, I'm right. I just, I just didn't know if that was your your basketball team. No, my Bearcats lost, man. I don't even want to talk about it. I was just gonna say the Bucks just put a whoop down on the Cavs tonight. Go Bucks? So yeah. We Abby, man. We got the Bearcats. Okay. All right. Well, on behalf of Kevin and myself, thanks Tanya, thanks Jen, thanks Abby. We do it. Appreciate having you guys on. So I hope you have a good thanks night. For thanks for thanks for joining us and thanks Thank for you. everything. So appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was All fun. Right. That was amazing. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little outro music here. I'm gonna close this episode up. Um, seriously, that was a great conversation. Moms are badass. 18 moms are badass. Um, we have so much to learn from just having these kind of conversations. And so I, th- I think it was great. It was, it was a good, 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 good yeah, podcast. Yeah, we tried something different. Today, so, so hopefully you enjoyed it. So, well, I think we're going to call it, we're going to call it a night. Yeah. You know, thank, thank you to all of our sponsors, um, Health Roster, Human Kinetics, Smart Tools. Um, and thank you to the 18 moms out there for making this possible. Abby, Jen, Tanya, you guys all rock. Have a great night. All right, guys. Take care. Bye.